Welcome to the Nurture Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. At DCA, we believe in small businesses and the families they support. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Andrea Hill owns Hill Management Group, providing strategy, leadership, branding, marketing, product development, and manufacturing consulting services. She has 35 plus years of experience as CEO or president of mid-sized corporations. She has serial success leading companies through rapid, profitable growth. Andrea works with luxury brands around the world to develop and refine strategies, implement systems to facilitate growth, cultivate management talent, and turn them into high-performance teams. Welcome to the show, Andrea. So much, Denise. It's great to be here. Uh, And I certainly appreciate it. I did a reach out on the Goldman Sachs app and asking for, hey, what's going on with legislation relating to small businesses? And you were one of the people who replied. Yep. And I don't consider myself much of a legislative wonk, but I have been concerned. You know, when I catch on on a bill that I'm like, wait a minute, this says it's doing one thing, but it actually feels like it might be doing other things Then I tend to drill in. Gotcha. Okay. And so um, give me a little bit first about your background. I know what I just read, but you're in kind of marketing and product development a little bit as well, which sounds very fascinating. Uh, yeah. So I've owned my business since 2007 and it started out just to be a consulting business. Um, And then as we were doing the consulting and coming up with proposed strategies for our clients, uh, it became apparent that they couldn't find marketing agencies to deliver the marketing that they needed to execute the strategies. So then I opened a marketing business because I had a long background in marketing. And then since then, I've also opened a couple of different brands that that are specifically focused on delivering business training to small business owners, either through mentorship and coaching or through tools and techniques that can help them pick up specific business schools, skills or solve problems when they need it. Excellent. Uh, because I know as a small business owner, we always need to keep the sword sharpened. So yep. that training is super important. Um, so tell me what piqued your interest on the American Innovation and Choice Online Act? What piqued my interest was that it's very broad in terms of its The bill basically prohibits certain online platforms, which it calls covered platforms, from what they call anti-competitive activity. And on the surface, that sounds great. Oh, yeah. You know, if the biggest businesses have a harder time competing, then the smaller businesses are technically able to compete, right? But we've just come through a couple of years in which if those big platforms hadn't created all these affordable tool sets for small businesses, small businesses would have been even more crushed during the pandemic. People could rely on affordable technology from Google to drive traffic to their businesses um, or the kind of um, secure online transactions that small businesses wouldn't have been able to spend developing for themselves. So it just was a little dissonant with me that this idea that if we broadly regulate a very small number of very large companies, that it was going to magically advantage small businesses. Because if you're regulating Amazon, but you're not regulating Walmart the same way, are small businesses really being helped? Or is Walmart just getting stronger? So that was what piqued my interest is there was dissonance in what I was hearing it stood for versus what I thought it might actually do. 
So can you, I, I, I know you said, you know, about the antitrust. So can you break that down a little bit simpler, more layman's terms that what, what does it appear they're saying they're trying to do? Okay. So first of all, it prohibits certain, and I'm air quoting that large platforms and they call that covered platforms. Um, And it's defined as if they have 50 million monthly active users or 100,000 monthly active business users and their sales or market cap exceed 550 billion. So basically it boils down to the bill only covers Apple, Alphabet, which is Google, Meta, which was Facebook, and um, I'm leaving one out, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, and Meta. And it's unclear at the moment if Microsoft even fits into this bill. So really narrow in who it's regulated. Wow. So legislation for four mega companies. Yeah, four or possibly five. So it covers the following things. It says you can't give preferences to your own products on the platform. Okay. That sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable, right? I'll, I'll give you a short list because there's a whole bunch to the bill and we don't need to like dissect the whole thing today. But no giving preference to their own products on the platform. And the example that was used in presenting the bill is there was a small business owner. He made a trunk organizer for cars. He was selling on Amazon. Amazon saw how well it was doing. So they went and made their own private label trunk organizer and put the guy out of business. So it's just like, ah, you know, we can't do that to small business owners, right? Sounds like that should be a bad thing. They shouldn't be able to preference their own products on their platform. But we'll Hmm. come back and talk about how that could actually hurt small business in a minute. It prohibits them from unfairly limiting the availability on the platform from of competing products from another business. So we think about the trunk organizer example in this, right? Uh But it also means that Amazon wouldn't be able to limit Walmart branded products and Target branded products and Kroger products. Google wouldn't be able to limit Microsoft from advertising competitive products. So, you know, now you start saying, oh, wait a minute, there's a possibility that small businesses would be completely drowned out by the biggest companies in the world and not be able to show up in any search results anywhere. If they try to play in the sandbox together and only with each other, that would be horrible for small businesses. You're really hard for small businesses. Um, another provision is that it prohibits these covered platforms, the four or five, from restricting access to platform data that's generated by the activity of a competing business user. It also prohibits the platforms from restrictions related to installing or uninstalling software. Again, so it's like, okay, somebody could finally get their app on the Apple store, which is very difficult to do now unless they jump through all the hoops, right? Or a small business um, seller on Amazon would be able to get all their data related to the sales, the same data that Amazon can see, which would give them greater insight into their customers, right? So these sound like good things. And maybe if the bill weren't worded so vaguely and broadly, it might be. I'm not saying the bill's all bad. In fact, there are aspects of the bill that have some desirability to them. Um, But to go back to those two points for a moment, well, if the platforms are prohibited from restricting access to the data, 
that also means that all kinds of security issues could happen with the data because it the provision goes too far. It's not just saying I have to show you my seller. Amazon doesn't now doesn't just have to show the seller access to all their platform data. The provision also says they can export all that customer data and take it to another platform. Still sounds good, right? Like now I can take all my Amazon data and use it somewhere else. But the platforms make certain types of data unavailable for export and actually unavailable for use off of the platform to help prevent fraud and abuse and harassment and data theft. And most small businesses lack the data security mechanisms to protect that data when they move it. So there's a risk of harm uh. because there could be a lot more data fraud and theft. But also, if the online platforms have to allow the export of that data, then they're going to start being really hands-off with how much data security they make available for free or very low cost to small businesses. The cost of securing data is going to shoot through the roof and small businesses are going to be seriously disadvantaged by that change. That makes sense. Is, is this likened to say HIPAA whenever 10, 15 years ago, when they rolled that out, it was all of a sudden like, Hey, we have all this online stuff and we have to protect this medical information. So is, could we liken it to that to just kind of draw a reference? I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, that's possible. The example I tend, I'll think about that some more too, because it might be a really good analogy. Um, I liken it to the fact that like, say, like if you're in Shopify with your store, Mm -hmm. you do all your credit card transactions within that Shopify environment. As a small business owner, you have little to no exposure for the risk associated with those credit card numbers getting stolen. Mm -hmm. Shopify is big enough to carry the risk and they do carry the risk. Now, if you build your own custom website and you decide you're going to handle all your own payment processing inside, all of a sudden you have tremendous data security risk because you're the one collecting those credit card numbers and processing them. That's why nobody does it. They can't afford to secure that kind of data. So we offload it to somebody like a Stripe or a PayPal. We let that transaction happen inside somebody else's system. So the cost of securing data is massive. And it changes every single day. Every single day, hackers find new ways to get into data systems. And every single day, major platforms like Google and Amazon are finding new ways to secure data. And small businesses benefit from that in in an amazing way and don't really have the costs of that passed on. But this bill could actually sort of break that agreement between the large platforms and the small businesses about Who's responsible for the cost of figuring out how to secure all that data? I don't know that it will break that, but that is a potentially logical conclusion of this bill. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And if you're a small business owner, you have to have noticed the amount of increased phishing attempts. I mean, just as as everything has gone remote or hybrid, that has increased those people who are trying to find a foothold to, you know get somebody's paycheck or worse yet, get in your bank account or worse, even than that, get your clients, you know, information. Yep. So my big concerns over this bill is that, well, there's, there's two. One is just in the wording of the bill. It's so vague. It's really difficult to understand what some of the terms will mean or how they will be enforced. 
So it's not, to me, when I see something really vague and broad, it tells me it hasn't been thoroughly thought through. If you're just reading vague sentences and and one senator is interpreting that sentence this way and one senator is interpreting that sentence another way, well, what does the bill actually mean and how does it affect people? So that concerns me. It also concerns me that the bill was introduced in October and then made it into two major committee meetings in January without ever having had a public hearing. Oh. Yeah, so it's a bipartisan bill. It's like my little beating Democratic heart wants bipartisan bills to be happening, right? Like bipartisan bills are a good thing and this is an incredibly bipartisan bill. So you want it to be a successful thing, but why was it stuck in committee and never went to public hearing when there are so many business interests that are very impacted by the bill? And in fact, since then, Many small business associations and spokes groups have stepped out in opposition to the bill as it is written and kind of in a frantic way because it's already been through committee and been sent for amendments without public hearing. But many different groups that represent small businesses are saying there are problems with this bill and we've got to slow this truck down. So how can business owners, if they're interested in a learning more about the bill or, you know, getting involved with the slow down and clarify portion, how can they get involved? Uh, The first thing is know what the bill is. So it's called the American Innovation and Choice Online Act. It is Senate Bill number S.2992. Now there is a House bill of a deceptively similar name that was also introduced last summer, but it hasn't gone anywhere yet. So I'm not so worried about this one. Neither is, you know, the American Chamber of Commerce or any of the small business groups. Everyone's focused on this Senate bill. So that's the one to talk about. Um, Go to your trade associations. Most industries have a trade association that is involved with advocacy and legislation. Go to your trade association and ask them, what are you doing about this? Has our industry spoken up about this? So that is an important first step. Also communicate with your senator, you know, send an email over, get on the phone and talk to their aide and say, I'm concerned about impacts to S2992 and want to make sure it makes it to public hearing and that it is not just passed without more input from the small business community. Senators are very concerned about what their local small business owners think. That's really good advice. And um, I I can look this up, but I'm going to make sure this goes in the show notes. I know there's a listing of all the local senators, so I'll make sure that that link gets in the show notes for anybody that does want to do that. Perfect. One of the most, you know, a lot of times people, I I deal with a lot of different industries and particularly during the pandemic, industry associations, trade associations lost membership. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people are really focused on, well, what are the benefits that I get for paying this money every year? You know, the insurance benefit doesn't help me anymore. I don't like the shipping benefit. It's like, where's the trade show? The trade show is missing. But the reality is almost every industry has at least one association that focuses on legislative issues. And that is the most important reason to support a trade association because it gives you voice um, And if your association doesn't do that for you in your industry, then find yourself a position in that association board so you can steer them back to what trade associations should do. 
Absolutely. And I believe each state has individual like um, CEO type organizations and associations. There's National Association of Women Business Owners. I know for a fact they have a um, governmental legislation interest um, advocacy group. So, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you could get it involved. And your local chamber of commerce. Chambers of commerce also have a voice in this way and can usually get the local senator to come sit down and have a meeting. Perfect. So this is, <laughs> wow, that was a lot packed into a very short amount of time, but I really appreciate it because you, you really spread light on, you know, I read the little summary they had and I was like, I, the, the very first thing that jumped out was it was vague. Okay. Certain corporations. I mean, first of all, I dislike that verbiage right there. <laughs> it, but but apparently it goes into clarifying what those certain ones are. Um, yeah, I think it's important. We'll, we'll make sure in the show notes that this particular bill on the Senate site is, is um, linked so that they can see it as well. And Andrea, what else should I have asked you that I haven't asked you today? You know, the bill is really big. Um, <laughs> carrying my notes for this podcast, uh, I thought, oh, I should really write an article on this because there's just too much to cover in a podcast and it's the kind of stuff you want to ponder. So I think I'll put an article together and I'll, I write for Forbes. So I'll run it under my byline in Forbes and that will break down all the points. Okay. Um, but I, I think the big thing that really struck me was a comment from, it was Senator Mike Lee. He's a Democratic senator out of Utah. And he he had a comment. He said, I believe that provisions within this bill could crush that, crush thousands of small businesses and could actually worsen the state of competition in online markets. Mm. And he acknowledges that's not the intent of the bill, but it's the unintended consequences of the bill that has a lot of us worried. So yeah, I, I I don't think there's something else to ask. I think that we could parse a bill like this for hours, not 20 minutes, but just be aware that if there needs to be a bill like this, it needs to be much better thought out. Okay. I will look for your article on Forbes and I would absolutely, if if it happens to come out prior to the show publishing, I will add that to the show notes as well. Andrea, how can people find you after the show if they want to reach out to you? They can email me directly. Um, and if you want to put that email address in the show notes, that's fine with me. It's andrea.hill, H-I-L-L, at strategyworks, W-E-R-X.com. Or you can learn more about my companies and me at hill-management.com. Perfect. I so appreciate your time. This was very enlightening. Oh, thank you for asking me. I appreciate you getting this information out there. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth, technology, and people strategies to help your business thrive. At DCA Virtual Business Support, our focus is making your business operations run smooth so you can focus on growth. Reach out to me at denise at dcavirtual.com if you'd like to learn more.